right. Hello, bad bitches of the internet. Okay, I feel like um, maybe this time we should figure out an actual intro. Bad bitches of the internet isn't good enough for you. <laughs> I mean, no, but like, a, like an intro. <clears throat> okay. Hello. My God. We're back. It's us. <laughs> that is my lovely co-host, Sophie. And that's Elisa. And thank you for hanging out again with us at the After Work Murder Club. We appreciate you being here. It's the fourth time. I know. Fourth time is the charm, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And we're back. And we're very devoted to making this our best episode yet. Um, we're actually sound testing this time. Mm-hmm. Um, bear with us. We know the audio on the previous episodes wasn't great. Yeah. but It, um, it has room for improvement. But we've upped my mic so that I don't sound like I'm stuffed in a closet somewhere that you can't hear me. And I swear I'll stop screaming into your earphones. (laughs) No, yeah. But um, if you don't follow us on our Instagram, it is at After Work Murder Club. And we would love to have you there. Um, We we post random true crime memes, but we also post case materials of each of our cases if you want extra information extra pictures kind of like a visual aid for the case um you can find that on our instagram account yeah it's a it's a cool place to hang out it's uh for weird people like us that enjoy true crime and as elisa said there's also some uh, case materials there so um Mm -hmm. take a look at those while you're listening to this again don't do it if you're driving your car right now we want you to stay safe ladies and gents above all please please do please do we do not want to you know have a case about you no we do not we really don't but yeah um this is a kind of special episode of the afterward murder club because both elisa and i are actually going on holidays oh my god yeah so we finished a long day slash week of work where it's like the rush towards your out of office email yeah um and i feel like we're both at jobs that is like if you decide to take a holiday the week before is hell and then the week when you get back the week after your holidays hell as well dude that's even worse that's like um for me my philosophy before i go on holidays which right now i don't have to work for the next two weeks which doesn't feel real for you but the days leading up to it are stressful because i feel like i have to finish everything but at the same time like i don't care because i'm gonna be gone for two weeks like what are they you know like what are they gonna do you already know that if you don't work this week if you're not concentrated like when you get back it's gonna be yeah the worst part of me is like oh i want to make sure future lisa like when she gets back she's not overwhelmed but the other part of me is like i don't give a fuck that's future lisa's problem like i'm out of here i deserve this two-week break and then i hate myself when i get back Uh, god i'm gonna hate that week while you're on holidays and i'm in the office and yeah i'm all by myself honestly this past week you guys this past week i it's been a ride <laughs> especially for you what yeah, i i'm planning on going to the u.s on monday this upcoming monday so when this episode is out yeah that's when i'm hopefully gonna. joe is finally letting yeah, us in joe's letting europeans in after like a year and a freaking half so i'm going on monday but you need a negative covid test to fly you know you also need to be vaccinated get vaccinated people it's important but you also need a neg- negative test i'm like okay cool i can do that my mom got tested positive last week, and I still I live at home. I swore I was worried for her mental health. Like, yeah. she sent me that text, and I was like, 
okay, so I don't think, like, I'm not a professional. How will I be able to comfort you yeah, if you're literally. not able to go? Because <laughs> your trip got postponed so one many time, times. Like, so many times, but then you actually booked for the 1st of November. Then Joe's yeah. like, psych. Yeah, literally. You can only enter the country 8th of November. And yeah. that was that was a hard That was, that a, was a lot. I literally, Sophie dragged me into the broom closet of our, <laughs> of our office. Because I was like, I, I was just like, couldn't. archive room. Yeah, she's like, let's go now. And I was like, oh my god. Like, trying not to cry in public. Because I never. I'm like, suck it up for <laughs> 10 meters we need to walk to. <laughs> and there's like no windows in there too. It's no. great. I feel like it's such an underrated room. Oh my god. I've been in there crying so many times. And that was my first time. I hope my last we'll see at this rate i don't even know but yeah no so i wore a mask 24 7 at, at my house yeah um and i tested negative until now i'm her mom was hiding in the west wing yeah she literally <laughs> had the door bolted shut you know we're here we made it i'm getting my test back tomorrow but i'm like 95 percent sure it'll be negative so yeah that was my week i mean perk i worked from home the entire week so that was kind of sick I mean, take a sh- like binge all of our episodes and take a shot every time Alyssa oh said she worked from home. Like, there was one episode I did. Please go over to her Instagram and comment if you think Elisa has actually been to the office in the last four weeks. I think it's just me by myself wondering where Elisa is. She'd be like, coffee? And I'm like, oof. Oof. I can't. <laughs> and worse. Uh, and worse. Speaking of our Instagram, we need to do a shout out to, okay, so we recorded our first couple episodes pretty soon after each other. Yeah. Um. So our first episode was about Lindsay Baum, the almost 11-year-old girl, girl who got, got kidnapped and yeah. murdered. And we posted it and this other podcast reached out to us. They're called Truth in the Shadow. And they're doing this whole investigative series about the Lindsay Baum case because it is a cold case. They still don't know who did it. Um, and they're interviewing people um, from Cleary, people who might have been involved. Like, they're going, like, a whole deep dive into the case. And Yeah, so if you want to know more about the case, and I think it's worth it, like, listening yeah, definitely. to Truth in the Shadow. Because um, we were talking to them, and um, honestly, they, they're doing a lot of digging. Our podcast is very top line compared yeah, to that. Yeah. And um, that's also one thing that I really love about this community it's not like people are calling each other out like you didn't tell every detail mm-hmm. about the story like they're like oh um so nice that you are keeping the story alive if you want to know more we're doing this podcast so i think it's really it's yeah. really a cool place um to go and listen to this case if you're curious to know more so yeah check them out they just released their first episode a couple weeks ago so you can still binge and catch up Okay. But yeah, um, enough about us and how much we're enjoying all the interactions that we've had so far mm-hmm. with the community. Um, this is still the After Work Murder Club. We've um, hated on our jobs a little yep. bit. Now let's get into the true crime. All right. Okay. Um, it's your so turn. So today, yeah, it's my turn. It's a Belgian case, actually. I think there's so many interesting cases that mm-hmm. took place here and we're always going over to like over the same cases mostly american cases some australian cases mm-hmm. um but so little is known about everything that's going on around here and um for everyone speaking dutch um there's this great um tv show about all the big true crime cases that took place in belgium 
like to give you an idea there were several seasons like they could fill several seasons with the fuck that what's shit it what was it called kronoten okay yeah i wasn't yeah. crown witnesses yeah so i also want to shout out that show uh the kronoten um as one of my main sources of today mm-hmm. and then there's um a lot of articles there's actually one book it's did called... you read a whole ass book for this i or like, like yeah read through like i flipped through work. a book for this i know love it right <laughs> it's called in the name of the father this the secret life of agnes Pan- pandi those two are my main sources okay and then there's like articles mm-hmm. here and there i'm excited um i'm excited yeah, because you're know. belgian yeah. i'm belgian but you don't know any cases i know like the i know like two like the two most famous mm. ones yeah but i literally thought that there was like nothing else oh. except for those two there's some yeah. shit going Sophie on kept here. telling me like there's a lot of fucked up shit happening in belgium where like that happened and i was like i don't know anything about it like yeah. come to me um i just want to make a disclaimer that one it can get quite graphic okay and two um there's a lot of names involved okay um, i'm going to try and spell out a timeline and the names as clearly as possible but i think that's um why it's great to have elisa listening to this case for the first time because yeah. so if anything gets confusing please let me know i will and then i, <laughs> I um i'll try to clarify but anyway, um, let's get into the case. Wait, what's the name of the case? I feel like I... The name of the case is just um, uh, the case of Andras Pandi. All right. So let's um, start actually with mm-hmm. this man's called Andras Pandi. Um, and Andras Pandi, he was born on the 1st of July in um, 1927. Oh, shit, sure, this is in, old. Yeah, in Hungary. And then when he's 29 years old in 1956, I believe mm-hmm. it was, um, he's marrying this woman, this um, Hungarian woman called um, Ilona Soris. The year after they got married, so 1956, he actually comes to Belgium, the mm-hmm. promised land. Love it. Love it. Um, and he's here and he works as a reverend. Uh, for the Protestant Church. Okay. Um, and he's also working as a um, high school teacher in <laughs> Protestant religion, whatever, in a few different high schools in Brussels. Okay, so he so moves to Brussels. He moves to Brussels. Good for yeah, him. He moves to Brussels. Um, and it was said that those two professions that he chose for himself are not coincidental. Because especially at that time... A priest and a teacher, they were very much yeah. like roles of authority. Yeah. And um, they get three kids, one daughter and two sons. So the first is Agnes. Mm-hmm. Second one is called um, Daniel. And then third one is called Zoltan. So everything is happening quite fast. He's getting married, moving to Belgium. He really getting is living his first... that white picket fence yep. life. Yep, yep. As I said, he's in this authority role and already he's like, he's not that, he's not a really fun guy to be around. Um, He was very intense person to be around and he 
in the household everything revolved around him like for example he could choose who was allowed to talk to each other wow like um today zoltan and daniel cannot talk <gasps> to each other or um if dinner was served he would take all the plates with like the meat and the vegetables and things like that and he would like point out like this piece of meat is for you you can have four carrots and you can have two potatoes and all the rest was for him why did and he like, need this much control in his life like he was so controlled that's like how he was he, yeah this man he really was a control freak he yeah. was a little bit of an intense guy imagine like yeah growing up in that environment yeah in 1967, so 11 years after they got married, Ilona's like, peace out, man. Yeah, I've had ass. enough. And she's like, oh, right. Um, we're here in Belgium. I have the Belgian nationality. Like, I don't need this man yeah, yeah, yeah. for a better life. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave him. I'm like, good for you, yeah, girl. Yeah, literally, get out of there. Um, but she only takes one of the three children, which I think was Okay, get out of there, come back, grab the other two kids, <laughs> and then get out of there yes. again. <laughs> so she only um, takes Daniel with them, which he's it's like, Is that second. her, like, favorite kid? Or, like, what's well, up with that? that's what I thought. <laughs> and then one article, um, like, read that he was, uh, he had special needs. Okay. So she was like, the other two can fend for are themselves. okay. Yeah. Um and can fend for themselves and I'll take Daniel. Anyway, <laughs> our main girl Ilona, she gets out. So at this point, it's Andras mm-hmm. with Agnes and um Zoltan. Okay. In 1979, he ends up marrying another woman. Her name is Edith, Edith Fintor. And she already had three kids from a previous marriage. Okay. And so he marries her and he adopts yeah. the other three children. Her three children are three girls. They're called Timea. Tunde and Andrea. Um, and they moved to somewhere in Belgium, by the way. I so wonder they, where. They, they just like moved. Antwerp? I think, I know, I think it's still Brussels. Okay. But they just like, it's a, it's a big city. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, big for Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> big for Belgium. <laughs> and then with his second wife, so he adopts her three children, but then they get two more children their own kids their own kids they, like, like make two more kids yeah, yeah, yeah they make two more kids damn a son and a daughter okay but at that time um the three girls that he adopts um timia is 15 years old um Tunde is eight years old and andrea is seven mm-hmm. so that's 1979 and five years later in 1984 is when our man andras starts to be the most unlucky man on the planet, basically. Oh, now he's unlucky. Love it. Like, he's unlucky. For, from 1984 until 1987, he has the worst luck in the world. Because <laughs> he loses six of his family members. Like, death? No, it's oh. like they move away. Oh, okay. And, like, things like they that. And, like, everyone's leaving. Basically. Leaving him. Good for them. So, <laughs> oh, so uh, it's 1984. And Timea... Mm-hmm. which is the daughter of his second wife that the he adopted, the 15-year-old. Yeah. She falls pregnant. No one knows who the father is. It's not something that's really talked about. Mm-hmm. But um, in any case, um, in November of that year, she, gave spir- she gives birth okay. to her um, son, Mark. So uh, Mark. now Mark <laughs> is um, living with the family as well. Poor Mark. Poor Mark. <laughs> Poor Mark. Nobody knows who the father is. And then in June of the next year, she actually goes to the police and she reports what she calls an attempted murder on herself by her stepsister, 
Agnes. So the oldest one, like the of oldest the child marriage. of the OG marriage. And she said, Agnes called her upstairs and she's like, oh my God, look what I found. And she kind of lifted a piece of loose hanging wallpaper. And she's like, oh my God, look behind that. There's money behind the wallpaper. And to me, I was like, what the <laughs> what fuck the are fuck? you talking? And, 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 and Agnes is like, oh yeah, it must, have been, it must have been from the previous owners. They must have like... Forgot to like... Forgot to take the money they put behind the wallpaper. And to me, I was like, what the fuck's going on? So she takes a look behind the wallpaper. And that's when she feels like a blunt object hitting her skull and she turns around and she sees Anya standing there with like a metal stick like a rod yep basically hitting her in the head and one of the little kids comes upstairs and they're like oh my god what's going on that throws Anya's off yeah and Tima's able to escape wait how old was Anya's so at this point Anya's is 26 and Timia is 15. She's 20. Okay, I was going to be like, why is this 26-year-old still living at home? Then I was like, don't be a hypocrite. You're living at home. <laughs> I'm not 26 yet. We're getting I married. am, though. <laughs> I'm living at home. Um, I get it. I get it. I get it. I mean, I don't get the metal raw thing. Um, they question Agnes. Mm-hmm. And they also question the dad. Okay. And both Agnes and Andras are like, oh, you know, she's still very mature. She's... She's 20. She's saying things that she doesn't mean. Like, what are you talking about? At this point, police like, you should know, it's like, it's Brussels in the 80s. And it's Dude. two sisters smacking each other in the head. It's like, if I had I'm to not, be, there's no evidence. Yeah, no, I get that. I feel like New York in the 80s was bad. I wonder Brussels, Brussels in the 80s. Right, I feel like I... it's now it's us. And we're in the 21st century. Right. I should ask my mom, actually. Yeah, oh my gosh, like in the 80s. Here, yeah. yeah, she literally grew up there. <laughs> Damn. I have like she a, a primary source. I know. I sh- she got flashed in a park one. So I tell you this. What? <laughs> she was. <laughs> well, that's sad note. <laughs> okay, quick side note. Brussels in the 80s. My parents studied in like Leuven, close to yeah. Brussels. They're both from Brussels area. Yeah. My mom was walking to class in the morning. It was like 8 a.m., 7.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. She sees this man walking towards her with a fucking classic beige no, trench coat off. dead ass could could not have been more cliche maybe back then it wasn't cliched and it was yeah, like oh, new yeah. hot you know like beige trench it was coat. mainstream yeah he's like he's like trying to make out the trend and she walks by and he's like miss miss do you want to buy a watch and he like opens his coat and he's butt naked underneath his like ding dong is out there no and, she and my was mom like, was triggered and just kept walking. She like half walked, half ran to like, class. I know exactly what time it is. It's 10 She's like, 12. ding dong, not right now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no. She- <laughs> Every time we passed that park, she's like, that's where I got flashed. And that was in the 80s. So oh my God. She's just- so traumatized. Anyway, Context for context. in the 80s. So police is like not too bothered by it. But something must have like triggered Timia. And we'll get back to this. But... The next year, in um, 1986, um, she takes her son and moves to Canada. Good for... Wow. I'm shook. And Edith, the second wife, uh, wife, she grabs one of her other daughters. Remember, she had three initial daughters. From her OG marriage. From her OG marriage, she had three daughters. One moves to Canada. One, she leaves with Andras. And with the other one... She moves. She gets the hell out. What about her two other kids? 
where like Andras is like the biological father of. Oh yeah, they're still with Andras. What, what's Andras. up with these? How? What, what's I, up with this mom's picking? Like leaving, these moms? like they're like I'm gonna pick this one and just hope the other ones are okay. Like why is that a trend? Why is this a thing? I don't know. We also don't know if there was a conversation. Maybe like they stay with you, but I feel like. As a mom, if you feel like you need to get out of a relationship, of uh, yeah, course you I want was your gonna kids. Say, was it an abusive? Do you know if it was like an abusive relationship? Like, is there evidence for that? I mean, physically, no. But from everything we've gone over so like far, a, it's like a mental abuse, right? Yeah. Um, Jesus. Okay. So he tells everyone they moved to Germany. I'm feeling sus vibes from this. He tells everyone. <laughs> so they moved to Germany, basically. Wait, so we have Timia in Canada. Okay. So um, Andras. First marriage, his wife got out yeah. and took Daniel. Yeah. So those two are gone. Yeah. Second wife and one of her daughters gone. Other daughter moved to Canada. With her kid. With her kid, right? Yeah. So that's a lot of relatives. Dipping. Dipping. Literally. <laughs> basically. Um, and at this point, um, Agnes, the oldest daughter... Um, she's kind of the woman of the house, right? So the two wives are gone. Psycho. She's the oldest one, and she kind of, like, takes the role as, like, keeping Mother. this household. Um, so that is, um, 1966. And then in October of that same year, uh, Andres actually goes to the police, and he reports his second wife and the daughter that moved to Germany, and he reports them <laughs> missing. And police is like, okay, well, wait, you're reporting your wife and daughter missing? When did you last see them? And he's like, oh, three months ago. And they're like, wait. (laughs) Come again? Three months ago? Well, like, why didn't you report this? And he's like, well, you know, our marriage was not the same. I had a few operations. Sex wasn't the same. I didn't think she'd leave me for it, but we... Wait, operations? Operations, like... Like penis? They did not find any records of him... Undergoing it's any so kind random. of procedures. Like, why would? Why is that one of the reasons where you like you weren't doing well? I had a couple operations. Like, no, he's dude. like he's like so, and that affected sexuality. And, and so when, she dipped. And she dipped. He's like, I didn't think she'd leave me for that, but apparently she did. Oh. But she did send me, um, and he brought them um like postcards it's like oh look at this random generic postcard that's fucking stamped in germany it must be from her it's like bitch yeah. you fucking drove there and <laughs> sent it yourself like right we're in, we're in europe you can drive yeah. anywhere it's not that hard <laughs> two hours yeah, you post literally. it drive back um holy right. shit okay i guess police look into it they but they do question him a little bit but nothing really comes from it and then three years later Zoltan and then Tunde, who's the only daughter of the OG marriage who's of the still t- left. Who's still left? So the two leftovers, they um suddenly pick up and move to Hungary. They go back to Hungary. They still have family there. They poof. There's a lot of they're, suddenly they're moving. Suddenly, you you have to know Tunde had a boyfriend, a Belgian boyfriend, and um she was maybe sixteen at the time or something. And um, Love that. he, he like he, she had a boyfriend, but like the dad could not know mm. that she had a boyfriend. Um, and then um, she picks up and moves to Hungary, and the so boyfriend's she... like, "What the fuck?" Like suddenly he gets ghosted. Um, a phone call from Agnes, the oldest sister, and she's like, "You know, 
I know that you're the boyfriend of Tune, but I have to tell you, she moved to Hungary. She does not want you to contact her. Dude, I'm... She just packed up a lot. He was like, but wait, but but how? But, but why? So the at this point in the house, there's Andras Pandi. There's Agnes, the oldest one. She's giving me sidekick vibes. And then there's the two youngest ones. The two that he got with his second wife. That's all that's left? That's all that's left. Because let's, I know, a lot let's of people go left. over. Let's go over this. First wife left, took Daniel with him. Sultan dipped. picked up, dipped to Hungary. With. And then the, we have all of them because Anya's is left. Second marriage, there there were three girls. One escaped to Canada. Bless her. The other one went with her mother to somewhere. Germany. In Germany. We assume. And uh, Tunde also went with Sultan to Hungary. So there's one so kid there's left. So there's literally the two. From their marriage. And then one kid left from the OG marriage. There's one kid from the OG marriage. And then there's the two the two new kids that they got yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's so two. There's, so it's Andras, right. Agnes, who took on the role yeah, yeah, of, yeah. like... Mother. Mother, like, lady of the house. Mm-hmm. And the two youngest kids. So that is... Um, Holy shit, I'm triggered. That is 1989. So since the first one, since Dimea was like, Ciao, see you never. I'm off to Canada. I still... Until, I like, it's... The four of them left... That's like five years. <laughs> Within this five years, all of the other, all of the other people dip. Okay. Or mysteriously disappear, whatever. Wait, I you hope Tamiya didn't it. actually not go to Canada and is like dead. Dude. We're about to find out. I was no. already like, I hope she lived a great life in Canada. <laughs> um, Damn it. Three years later, okay. in 1992, suddenly... Agnes has moved out of her house with her dad at this point. She meets a young man. She falls in love with him. Wow. Moves in with him. Okay, work. And kind of takes her distance from whatever's going on at home. Toxic ass father. Um, Two years later, 1992, she goes to police. And she reports sexual abuse by her dad. That had been going on since she was 11 years old. After her mom left his dad and before he met his second wife, he took an interest in her 11-year-old self and started visiting her regularly oh in my her God. room. Um, not only did she tell police this, but she also reported six of her family members officially missing. What do you mean officially missing? Like, like no one like had didn't move, like they're missing. Like, like she's like I've I haven't heard from them. They're missing. Um and she and police is like why are you coming to us with this now? Yeah. And she's like well I'm a little bit worried because I just moved out and I moved in with my boyfriend but there's two little children with him and one of them is a girl oh my god and i just do not want anything happening to to her probably already has happened um this is and elisa told you in the beginning of this episode that there's a few very notorious cases in belgium and one of them and i'm sure i'll mention it so many times and we'll cover it at one point is uh the case of dutroux and he is uh, the most um known heinous man heinous man in belgium and he's a child molester murderer kidnapper yeah um and him and his wife him and his wife yeah Yeah. um 
And um, in Belgium, it's really like even people that are not into true crime can testify that there's a Belgium before him and after yeah. him. It's like it was never the same again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the the case to true, as we call it, um, that all went down 1995, 96. Mm-hmm. So 1992 is before that. Okay. And um, there is a significant lower interest or seriousness yeah, yeah. when I people talk about like sexual abuse and things like that. And and sexual abuse towards children. But she kind of, like, Andras is questioned, but there's not enough evidence. He, of course, says that he did no such thing. But she kind of achieves her goal because the two young children are put in foster care. Um, and nothing happens. Then she just... From That's that moment, it. Love From it. that moment onwards, Agnes didn't really talk to her dad anymore because, well, she went to the police and told told them he molested her so he's not real talking to her um and then the 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 case that we just talked about um the truth that all went down so a police was taking a second look at cases that uh, went down before the case to true and they um actually inspector francois monsieur came across this case it was french name and- <laughs> yeah he actually speaks dutch quite well <laughs> sure. um and he came across this case because of what Agnes told police yeah, yeah, in 1992. Yeah. But when he put all the pieces together, he found six missing family members yeah. and a attempted murder charge or like also, complaint yeah. in 1985. And he's like, what the fuck is going on in Honestly, this family? Honestly, how the fuck has nothing been done about this? And so that's 1997. And so he was like, okay, I'm reading up on this case. There's literally six people missing. There's the two children that are put in foster care. There's Agnes and there's Andras that I can still question. The girl that was put in foster care, Mm -hmm. she was like barely two at the time. Like we're not even talking about her. Yeah. There's Andras Jr. He was six at the time that like most of the people went missing. So he was like, I mean, if you're six... How much would you really like? Know? How reliable can you? Be? How reliable can you be? So obviously he wants to start by questioning Andras Senior, but he's not in the country. So your man Francois Monsieur was like, "Fuck, okay." So I have one option left, and that's to bring in Agnes. So uh, he brings in Agnes, and they have like multiple conversations. He noticed that she got really she got really nervous when he talked about uh, the complaint that Dimea had made in 85 T? about her trying to murder her sister trying to and whack she her like, in the head with the she was like ah oh, you know I told you back then that um, she was very immature like no such thing happened but she was very nervous so he's not getting anywhere with her so he's like right um, let me bring in the little one then the six-year-old because you know what maybe kids see things and they don't realize what it is and then years later they can still tell the tale but they don't know what they saw but the trauma i mean yeah but the trauma right so he's he's bringing in um andres jr who was about like barely six at the time um but was 16 at the time of the in, like investigation when he was interrogated. Oh, so he was, uh, okay. he was a teenager. Less traumatic. Old. I thought he was still six. No, no, no. 
Um, Inspector Francois Monsieur, he was very suspicious of the accuracy with which Anders Jr. answered his questions. Everything was so accurate as if he studied it. As if he was told to like, like know what to say, know what to say. But he was like, and a he savant. was like so su- suspicious of it. And then at the end of the interview, he was like, "Okay, so um, did you walk here? I can drive you back." And the boy was like, "Oh no, my dad dropped me off." So I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew and it. And police was like, "Wait, what? This bitch is probably like rolling up, he's put his not- car in park, and he's like, so what are we gonna say if they ask you like what happened?'" <laughs> right so and he's like and, and police were like oh really and he's like yeah he told me to text him when i was done it's like how's hungry bitch i thought you were there so they don't let the boy know that they're like oh bitch. so he's yeah. not in hungry then they call how did they not know how how do they not do like did they not knock on his door i mean i guess this bitch was hiding out i don't know they let Andras Jr. go, call the DA. He gets them a search warrant. They roll up to the Pandi house. Finally. And like, we have a search warrant. And to their surprise, Pandi Sr. was like, well, come in then. Oh, this bitch is prepared. Or, um, He's prepared. So he lets them search his house. And they, what they find is very sinister. After hours and hours of uh, digging, they found a femur in his basement and they're like bitch we have him like they shoveled underneath like concrete flooring or how like where was like, this the, the house was a mess basically and they kind of like they turned it over oh my god things like that and um the da is like this da honestly big fan of him like the way he handled this he was like okay bring your man andras bring him to his own house again dead ass um, show him the bone and ask him what it is literally and i was like well that looks like a bone to me and they're like well that looks like a bone to us too how did it get there and he's like well you know i bought this house in 1990 I swear to God. and i haven't changed anything since i bought it <laughs> bitch this is the, love this is like- the best part wait you're in for the best part of the case police whip out <laughs> packaging material that they found from rice cakes with the best before date of 1998 <laughs> they're like bitch if you bought this in 1990 and you didn't change anything then why are we finding wrapping paper love, for rice cakes i love how with an expiry date of 1998 when rice cakes don't last more than what is it a year or two i love that i love how that's the evidence where they're like no <laughs> you were in this room you ate in this room so they bring him in for questioning like officially now he's un- like he's, finally he's they have custody. something yeah um they find out that the bone that they fi- found is not from any of his relatives so they're like fuck to just say by the way we don't know who the bone is from but they took him in for questioning and they questioned him for hours he was questioned for several hundred hours so at one point when they are turning his house upside down they find a bag of hair like human hair okay like and he's like, the and they're fuck? like oh what is this and your man your man he's so fucking inventive this man is like so when my wife and daughters went to the hairdresser they couldn't leave their hair there so they brought it home and we kept them in plastic bags and then when there was enough we would make cushions from it like dude are you living in like the 1940s we made pillows i can't I- 
I like honestly dead ass. Like this yeah. is like the nineteen nineties, right? Okay. From the seventies onwards, you cannot justify you having a bag of human hair in your house <laughs> at like any time. Where do you make pillows from. I am like, okay, unless you're like in the forties, it's the war, you're poor, there's not a lot of like things around. Okay. You wanna fill up your cushions with hair? Go for it. I like have tears in my eyes right now. Why the frick in the nineties when you're you're not poor? You told me he has three houses. Yeah. Why the fuck <laughs> you have a ziploc with fucking hair? I just when I'm like you tell me. But like dude, this is only one of the examples of like the shit that he told police. So this guy's not talking. Cause there's there's no bodies. There's not there's nothing. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing a lot for of them. Sus activity they can't pin down. Um so there's nothing they can do. Yeah. So instead of taking inventory of like things that they found. So what did they find? They found like little stoves all over the house. So what they did is like immediately when they see stoves, they're like, oh they Yeah, sus. So they, they kinda like they, they check the inside because like if you would burn human remains like would you see it yeah you would see it and um it was obvious that it hadn't been cleaned for years so you would have seen it um but there was no activity like they could determine for sure that those stoves weren't used but then they were confused because around the entire house like there were rooms filled with sawdust some people use it for their stoves they have all these kind of odd things that they notice and like one of the things they notice they there's a lot of cleaning supplies but like um specifically it's like declogging like what's that called in english you pour it in your drain you let it sit for 30 minutes it kills all the hair yeah exactly and then you, that period. a lot of that when they were searching well, like three actual houses, bottles of that they, shit like, bottles and bottles and bottles but that, that's just like trivial things that they were like okay that's a little bit weird that we see this sawdust and things like that but other than that they don't have nothing they don't have anything they at one point they have to change strategies and like they cannot do anything with him anymore so francois switches back to his first victim agnes He's like, I need to be a little bit more aggressive with her. So he brings her in. And he's like, he tells his colleague. I only remember his first name. His first name is Karel. He tells, Francois tells Karel. <laughs> he's like, listen, Karel. Um, we're going to be aggressive with her. And we're going to come back home. only talk about the 1985 thing about her trying to the kill The metal Tina. rod to the head. Yeah, metal rod to the head. And um, at one point she cracked. And she tells them that she's not the only one that was sexually abused by Andras Pandi. She tells him that Timea was sexually abused by him as well. And that Mark, the son, was actually Andras. Andras fucking son. of course. And that Andras had told Timea to put her son up for adoption. But she didn't want to. So he tells Agnes, you need to take care of her. And she's like, that day he told me to kill Timea. So all this time she's been saying that it was just like Timea being dramatic and things like that. And she has now confessed to attempted murder. Which is the incident in 1985. Yep. That she's saying like, that actually is true. That is actually true. I actually tried to kill her. So they write everything down. But before she gets the opportunity to sign it, our man Francois is like, how can I... He was afraid that if she would sign that confession, she'd be like, I 
That's it. I, that's it. I confessed. And he could feel that there was something more. So he's like, okay, I'm going to take a huge risk. But um, he told her, Anias, look into my eyes. I know that there's things that you're thinking about and not telling us. But I understand that this is a lot. Take a walk around the block and we'll see you in 15 to 20 minutes. He's like, I can feel that she wants to confess to something, but she's not going to do it. We have to drag it out of her. And, no, I like um, this. I like this. The minutes tick by and 22 minutes knock knock who's there Anis Pandi. she reiterated every detail of what went down in that house during the three years where everyone went missing to answer your question that you asked like an hour ago <laughs> timea actually got out she actually <gasps> escaped Stop. she actually escaped to canada oh my with god her son mark her mother edith and her younger sister, Andrea, paid the price for it. Because the two of them, they kind of help her escape to Canada, whatever that may mean. But in any case, in Andra Spandi's eyes, they helped her escape. And this was reason enough for him to get rid of them. Agnes told police that in um, 1986, Andras told her the day before that he was going to kill them. And he was going to kill them because they were bad, because they helped Timia escape, and that was not what was supposed to happen. And Agnes was like, cool. <laughs> um, so he, Andras, he made Edith go down to the basement where he, he smashed her skull with a hammer and then um, he called Agnes to go downstairs so Agnes went downstairs and then he went upstairs and killed Andrea in the same manner so he killed them both with a hammer these are the two people that allegedly fled to Germany yep okay exactly so Agnes didn't do it herself but she was there and then he brought them to one of the rooms that was full of sawdust and with a saw and a kitchen knife he with the help of agnes got up their entire bodies and the sawdust was meant to take up all the blood oh my god yeah so what he did is like and she described it in so many de- in so much detail he separated the upper arm from the lower arm the upper thigh from like like everything like even the torso and the like like all the the intestines we were taking out and like the torso was cut into several pieces and then like every like everything everything was cut up and put in like big black plastic bins and then what they did is they poured in bottles and bottles and bottles of the unclogging detergent solution. I was waiting for this. Yep. Put on the lid and let it simmer for a good week. I cannot. And police are like, okay, but like, so there's no remains to be found, so where can we find them? And she just very calmly tells them, oh no, so we just put them in the bins after we cut them up, we put the clean supply thing in there and then you know you let it simmer for five days and then simmer (laughs) um it just turns into this blub blub is what she calls it human being just blub and then police is like oh what'd you do with it 
she's like, oh yeah, well, there's like a little opening in the gutter at the end of the street. So I used to take out a few buckets every day. She poured her oh family. Oh my God. Down oh my God. The gutter. She so, literally would haul buckets of her her stepmom and her stepsister and yep. pour them down yep. the drain. Yep. Holy shit. Yep. Her mother, the first wife, and Daniel, who escaped, remember? Daniel is still visiting his dad, co-parenting, and apparently he called Andras Andras one time instead of dad i do that with my dad all the time he hates it he doesn't kill me though i haven't called my dad dad in like years and Andra's like well that goes against the fifth commandment which is like you will honor your mother and father or something like that and and he he told anyas therefore he needs to die and i was like ah yeah and he's like oh by the way his mother my first wife your mother as well anyas she needs to die as well and i was like why he's like well she raised Daniel to be the kind of person that would call me Andres instead of dad. So therefore she needs to die. And Agnes was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So um, Daniel came over and she made him dinner in the basement. But so she was making her little brother breakfast, knowing that it's going to be his last breakfast of all time. Then she went behind his back. She stood behind him. And then she whipped out a gun that she had hidden in her pocket. And she shot him once. Where'd she get the gun from? From Andras. <clears throat> and then she calls her own mother and is like, ah, oh, Daniel's not feeling well. You should come over. Obviously, the mom's like, oh my god, what's happening to my son? So she comes over. So she goes down in the basement and gets shot in the back of the head. So same little procedure. Oh same, my god. Uh, cleaning supplies involved. Same little gutter thing at the end of the street. Like. Oh my god. Okay, this is for her own mother. This is her own mother and, and her, her own brother. special needs son. Brother. Brother. brother yeah, sorry. Brother. brother, yeah. Correct. So, um, yeah, four down, two to go. So the last ones left are Tunde and Zoltan. Remember the two that yeah. just up and left too hungry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, for Tunde's murder, she wasn't actually there. He told Agnes to go to the beach with the two little ones. And when she came back, Tunde wasn't there. And she's like, where's Tunde? And Pandi was like, oh, well, she's lazy and she's disobedient. So I put her in foster care. That's what Agnes told police. But then she was also the one that called Tunde's boyfriend to say that she yeah. went too hungry and never came back. Like I'm like, surely, Agnes, you you knew what happened to her, right? Okay. And then we have Zoltan left. So it's Agnes, Zoltan, and the two little ones. And Zoltan at this time is like, he's three years younger than Agnes at the time. He's like, where's my mom and our brother? Where's everyone? And then Andras decided that he's asking too many questions. So boom, boom, blop, blop, down gutter. The the son. Yeah, Zoltan. So in this case, spoiler alert, not one single body was found. So yeah, um, she goes and tells them all this. She actually signs it this time. So they ha- they have the confession and they're like, bitch, okay, right. Um, now we have this guy. We have Andras. They go back to him with all this. He obviously denies everything. He pulls out the postcards again. He's like, but I'm sure they're alive. They're all just in Hungary and Germany and wherever. Uh, at this point, they're turning all of his houses upside down. 
like all of his houses like how three. does he even have the money to buy all this shit right what they think is that he was like making um an imperium for himself like where he was god and he had all the grounds and i don't know because also so these houses they describe him as fortresses oh. like you could see the entire neighborhood but like no one could enter like weird shit Okay. And the only thing they need to do now is like, you cannot start a trial based on one confession. Like, what if she made everything up? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's his words against hers. So they have to find evidence of everything. The only direct evidence that they find was they track down Mark and they do a paternity test. Oh. And it shows 989% chance that. Andras Pandi is their father. So um, they present that to Andras. And Andras is like, oh, well, there's a 0.02% chance that I'm not the father. Then later when his attorney told him, like, listen, this is 100%. Like 99.9%, that's 100% in court. Yeah. He changed his story to where he basically jizzed in a towel and then... Then Timea came home from a jog, took a shower, like, dried herself off with the same towel, and that's why he's probably the father of her child. Come on. That's a lie. Right. So, at this point, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that he's done it. But the DA, as I told you, is a badass, and he's like, we're going to put this man behind bars for Mm -hmm. the rest of his life. But for that, we need to make sure that in court... There can be no no hearsay, no circumstantial evidence. Like no everything doubt. it has to be like there it has to be beyond reasonable doubt, yeah. right? Okay, so, um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Love so that. he's like, okay, we should fact check her story and like have it backed up with Wait. all kinds of evidence. So they have Mark as an evidence. Then they have they found the diaries, right? And I told you in the beginning of this case. He had diaries. He had diaries. And he described everything like the things in his diaries like i'm not even kidding you he described the consistency of his own shit like today it was more liquid than yesterday like i'm not even kidding you and then five days before the murders of the first like of um the ones that went to germany Mm -hmm. right they find diary entry that says buying cleaning supplies with anyas a lot of pipes need to be declogged yeah clearly then remember how she says like it takes about like a week five days a week to turn people into a bob with these cleaning supplies five days after the date that she told police she murdered them um they there was a diary entry like getting rid of the the dirty water with anyas I like how he just like thinks this is like cool to write down but like also when you when you read that like dirty water like no one yeah like whatever but like we know um so everything's lining up oh everything's lining up so again they're like confronting him and he tells them i wrote those diaries to check myself not so police can check me and police the like, difference well that's not up to you <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> like, we like... are checking you with it and then he's like oh well but you know it's not it's not like i wrote that accurate and from that moment he stopped talking i mean this bitch basically wrote down what he did yep so they have the diaries that are a 100 match with what agnes told yeah they have mark but the biggest piece of evidence is 
Is it even possible to dissolve a human body in cleaning supply things? I could see it. It's acid. Like, okay, that is us like right now. And shit. We we've we've heard a lot of fucked up stories. But it's also like like bones is something else it like is. flash. Yeah, I guess. So that. this is where the Brussels police call the FBI. They call FBI and Scotland Yard. <laughs> oh shit. They call them. They're like, so what you think? Do like, you think you can dissolve a human body in acid? Whereas the FBI on the other side was like, what the fuck are you asking me? That's fucked up. We've never seen that before. We don't think it's possible, but we're not sure. But we've never said like, is this an actual thing? So there's this entire debate of whether we should investigate if it's possible or not. So what they do is they take a cow bone with flesh and things like that put it in this what is that called unclogging agent like de- yeah yeah, yeah de-stop like clogging they like, put it in de-stop and like it completely dissolves bone and everything da is like not good enough he's like i'm going to put this man behind bars but i do not want his defense to be like so since when are human scows so right all the universities get involved right there's like this entire ethical debate or like should we even try this on a human because maybe we can try this on someone that gifted his body to science or okay no i've have you ever listened to the podcast criminal yeah they have an episode about this whole institution where people donate their bodies to mm-hmm. science and they lay them out in different scenarios, like once under a tree, once out in the yard. Like they have this whole acre of land where they lay out dead bodies and they see how they decay. Yeah. And based off of that, they can be like, oh, the crows ate them because they're here. Okay. Like this is how their body decayed. If they're under a tree, it's more like this way. Like they right? have this whole thing. Where they can see, see like, but that's the thing that's accepted now. That yeah, if you and back then, definitely your, nothing. Like, in this time, I feel like it's not that shocking right now because we we've heard so much fucked up shit. Yeah, literally. but at that time, it was really like, what the fuck are you asking me? So a lot of back and forth, and um, at one point they decided to just do it, and they put a human body in the exact D stop that they put, and they said it was incredible after an hour like a hand and a foot like all the flesh was gone after an hour so at that point after an hour when like the flesh was gone they're like okay we can see how in a week this could be like a blob yeah and they left it for like a week and it was actually not even that big of a blob it was like basically a water like it was completely gone so that's when they decide to move to trial um during the trial you could see that she was trying to distance herself from him but like even like physically you could see that she was anya's um she was in she was super distressed and your man's he was just i hate him so much like at the end of a criminal trial the defendant gets the last word he can say something before the jury oh i don't goes. know yeah yeah so he 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 has the last word and he can say something so the judge turns to him and she's like so how long do you need and like without even thinking about it like super serious he's like three days 
<laughs> three to days to be like this is why i'm innocent like he wanted to have people listen to him for three days straight basically like i hate him so even though he claimed to be innocent jury did not hesitate to find him guilty um of molesting his daughters and murdering all of them yeah and they um sentenced him to life in prison and they sentenced Agnes um to 21 years 21 years because they took into account that she was probably like she yeah. probably had like some sort of stockholm syndrome yeah. like she she was the one that confessed like without her confession we'd never know yeah um so she was given 21 years your man andras died in 2013 in prison of bruges and Agnes has actually been out for almost a decade now and she's living an anonymous life somewhere here where in belgium you don't no know where one knows that's insane somewhere in flanders we know in belgium yeah in belgium fuck i know wow isn't that insane she did her 21 years she did her 21 years yeah Imagine just going to the grocery store. You don't know who the fuck you're going right. to... Like, you have no right. idea who everyone is. I like their backgrounds. It's like you might, like, pick out broccoli next to freaking Agnes the Killer. Yep. If I was her, I'd be like, bad bitch, Belgium A for me. I mean, I Fair don't enough. know. Um, but any in any case, um, that was the case of Andras Pandi, the first Belgian case that I ever told you guys. I think it's really worth looking into it's an insane case and no one's talking about it i hope you enjoyed it like no not enjoyed but like i thought i think you thought it was interesting i never i've ge- like genuinely never heard of this case before in my life yep. and i have d-stop in my cupboard right now because i have a lot of hair that gets <laughs> clogged in the drains Suspicious. and i'm like how the frick i mean it's just like a, a like a random reminder where like random household things can be used for like the most awful yep situations good job on telling the story honestly stay tuned and um thanks for hanging out uh on the Afterwork murder club i think this is a great reminder that there's worse things than a shitty manager um <laughs> there's a dad that thinks he's god and has a lot of d-stop no seriously um, good case we'll good catch case. you on the next episode bye, bye.